Welcome to The Cove's audio articles, where you can listen to some of The Cove's best articles rather than read them. This article is entitled Smart Soldier, Distance Running and Ultramarathons, A Journey, written by Anthony Robertson. Physical fitness is an essential prerequisite to military service. The ability to conduct tasks under arduous conditions is more readily achieved by members who are physically and mentally prepared. Therefore, high standards of health and physical fitness are key elements to Army's readiness. Several years ago, Anthony decided to challenge himself by training for an ultramarathon. This article highlights what he learnt from the experience and what he got out of it. He hopes that the lessons he learnt will help others to take that first step on what, for him, was a challenging but enjoyable fitness journey. One of the reasons he decided to challenge himself to train for an ultramarathon was the fact that he now had time. With all his children having left home, Anthony had plenty of time to get out and train. The goal he set himself was to complete an ultramarathon at around the one-year mark. The event he chose was the Margaret River Ultramarathon. This is a gruelling 80-kilometre run along the spectacular but hilly coastline in the Augusta Margaret River region of WA. The route is predominantly along the Cape to Cape Trail on the Lewin Naturalist Ridge. The trail has visually stunning coastal and forest scenery. There are plenty of cliffs, caves, headlands, sand and rock formations. Medical. Prior to starting his running regime, as an army reservist, Anthony underwent a medical checkup with his GP. Then he visited a cardiologist in case there were any underlying health issues that he needed to be aware of. Thankfully, no issues were found. Training. While he had run previously, he had not done huge kilometres, mainly training to pass BFA runs and 5 and 10 kilometre runs for general fitness. He started his training regime and built up the running time and distance slowly, trying to avoid injury. The type of terrain he chose was important in reducing the likelihood of injury. It mainly consisted of running on soft beach sand, coastal trails and forest tracks with some road and path training. One of the main things he picked up from ultramarathon runners was to spend time on your feet, build a strong foundation to cover the distance and increase cardiovascular fitness. His weekly training regime looked like this. Monday, base run. Tuesday, rest day. Wednesday, tempo run. Thursday, repeat hill runs. Friday, intervals. Saturday, long, slow run. And Sunday, fast 10k cross-country run. A mixture of easy, moderate and hard runs was used in training. It is important to vary the running, otherwise your fitness will plateau. Weekends were used for the long runs. These took a few hours and recovery time was available. 
Every few weekends, he ran different sections of the ultramarathon track so that he knew what to expect and prepare for. He often ran with other runners who were also preparing for the event. They started with shorter distances and built up to 30, 40 and 50 kilometre runs. Other types of fitness training were also undertaken, such as weights for strength, cardio, walking and bike riding. Anthony's training runs lasted from 40 minutes to several hours. To pass the time while running, he listened to podcasts on topics such as military history, current events and ultra running. Tracking the training. A sport watch is helpful to monitor your training. Garmin and other similar watches provide useful metrics on your performance and suggested training runs. Programs like Strava and Training Peaks can be linked to your watch. They provide a good record of what you have completed, fitness analysis and performance level. You can also share your runs with others who are training for the event to support and encourage each other. Threats and Hazards The main threats and hazards considered when planning the training and event were heat stress during hot weather, sunburn, snake bite, mosquitoes, specifically Ross River virus area, fast moving four wheel drive vehicles on tracks slash beaches, cold weather, night running, specifically cool weather and trip hazards from small protruding rocks and tree roots, and injury management. Gear. Anthony carried the following gear to mitigate the risks. Vest with 1.5 litre water bladder, headlamp, snake bite bandage, bright coloured high visibility running shirt so he could be seen day or night, a Legionnaire style hat to provide shade to his face and neck area, a lightweight jacket for cold slash wind, his mobile phone, snacks and endurance fuel such as tailwind, and sunscreen. Injuries. The main injuries and issues Anthony encountered during the lead-up were plantar fasciitis caused by ill-fitting running shoes. This put his training back considerably. He eventually required treatment from a podiatrist and four weeks of no running to recover. This was difficult as he was keen to train hard. It required a high level of patience to resist the urge to recommence running too soon. Hot spots on the bottom of his feet. Damaged and bruised toenails. Anthony learned toenails need to be kept short and you must wear correctly fitted running shoes. He also experienced chafing. Use Glide or similar product. Shoes. Good quality shoes are a must for long distance running. For ultramarathon training, Anthony found that three different types of shoes were beneficial. One pair for beach running, one pair for trails, and one pair for hard road and path surfaces. The shoes Anthony used for the longer distances were a size larger to allow for his feet swelling around the 20 to 30 kilometer mark. The shoes he bought all had plenty of cushioning. Seeking out information. 
Most of the books Anthony found on distance running were quite old and out of date. Online running forums, magazines and podcasts seem to have the best and latest information slash advice. Talking to runners who had completed the event was very useful. He was also able to connect with individuals and groups that had run the event. He arranged to run with these people. All these runners were generous with their time and information. Running clubs. Anthony joined the local runners club. He ran with them early Saturday mornings for 15 to 20 kilometre runs, asking questions of those that had run the event before. He also joined a cross-country runners club, which ran on Sunday mornings. Hydration and nutrition. Getting hydration and nutrition right was probably his most difficult task in preparing for the event. Differing ambient temperature, humidity, terrain, distance covered and speed all feed into how much a person sweats. It is critical to try to work out what your body loses and what you need to replace. Too little or too much hydration can cause issues. The literature states that Runners should drink to thirst, rather than try to replace all fluids that are lost. With an easy run lasting an hour or less, just drinking water is fine. A long-distance runner can burn hundreds of calories per hour, and some of these calories need to be replaced by consuming 200 to 300 calories per hour. This is near the maximum our bodies can digest. For most runners, this means eating and or drinking 80 to 100 calories roughly every 20 to 30 minutes. Primarily, this is in the form of small carbohydrate-rich snacks like gels, chews and sports drinks. The exact number of calories depends on several factors, including the length and intensity of your run and your body type. The event. On the day of Anthony's ultra event, the weather was sunny and much hotter than any of the training run days. This made hydration and nutrition even more important. He started off far too quickly, getting carried along with the other runners. At around every 20 kilometre point, there was an aid station to top up on food and water. The 20-kilometre sandy beach stretch was quite gruelling and had several water crossings to contend with. At around the 55-kilometre point, Anthony was struggling, but he wasn't prepared to give up. Mentally, he knew he could get through. He had the training under his belt to keep him going. He dug deep and made it to the next aid station. He had a rest and some food and drink and then pushed on. Once night came, it got very cold and windy. His nutrition plan kicked in and he started feeling good, finishing the run strongly within the time he had set himself. He was exhausted, but more than happy with the result. Benefits The benefits that Anthony found from the long-distance training over this period were gained and maintained a high level of cardiovascular and respiratory fitness, increase in VO2 max, lower heart rate and blood pressure, better endurance and an ability to work at a higher rate for longer periods of time, 
weight loss down to appropriate racing or running weight, better rest and sleep patterns, higher energy levels, better mental health, mental strength to continue on through adversity, and a general feeling of well-being. The running training has led Anthony to a healthier lifestyle and diet. It has also allowed him to keep up with the rigours of the infantry and the role of sergeant. He faces fitness tests, training exercises and deployments without any fitness issues. Since the Margaret River Ultramarathon, Anthony has kept up the training regime and gone on to participate in a number of 20, 25 and 50 kilometre events. ADFRA Within Defence, there is the ADF Running and Athletics Association, ADFRA. This is a great organisation that supports defence runners of all standards in each state. ADFRA provides assistance, mateship and sponsorship for some events throughout the year. Conclusion Distance running and ultramarathons are an enjoyable way to enhance fitness. You meet a community of like-minded fit and motivated people, similar to people found in the ADF. Anthony encourages all those with an interest in ultra running to give it a go. Thanks for listening to this audio article and don't forget to download the Cove app. It's PME in your pocket, anytime, anywhere.